0: Welcome into episode six of Cold Weather Bats. As always, I am one of two of your hosts, Brain and Justice, joined by Brian Sikowski. We are in the thick of things here uh, in January, and we are nearing February, which, as everyone knows, comes right before March, which in Michigan is sort of kind of baseball season. Uh, at least we do our best during March. Brian, how are we feeling today?
1: Good, man. It's our last January episode, hopefully our last, uh, you know... Midwinter type of episode. So I'm optimistic that uh, we'll be able to, to get out and play in March. And, and obviously, outside of the state of Michigan, optimistic that baseball will get underway. And it already kind of is in, in some places. Uh, so Juco baseball is underway. Florida high school baseball starts shortly. I don't think Texas is too far behind them, et cetera, et cetera. NCAA looks like they're going to go. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sitting here weirdly optimistic. So I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, I think that's been a huge topic this week. I've gotten tons of everyone's there's been tons of dialogue about what's going to happen as far as sports go with Michigan and what the MHSAA has done, what the state has forced the MHSAA to do and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Uh, It might be a thing where basketball players and winter sports players like hockey players that play baseball might have to. Um, you know, choose between the two because of an accelerated season or what have you, or, or whatever. Either way, I think the best way to approach this is that we can't control any of it. And uh, if we, if we have the opportunity to play the game, whether it's ten games or forty games, I think either way, uh, given today's climate especially today because it's snowy outside uh we should be thankful for that and so i I, i'm hoping so i'm hoping we get some we get the opportunity to play a full season uh i don't expect us to not just given the fact that it's an outdoor sport we should we should be fine i think but uh but we'll see you know we'll see we'll definitely see um but definitely optimistic about it like
1: you are yeah man and like i you know i don't for some reason And I won't. We won't get on our soapbox here. That's not what this is for. For some reason, it always devolves into politics. So we're not going to end up. We're not going to talk about it as much. Just because you know, I'm good. I'm sick of it. I'm I'm done. We're good on the politics part. Like I'm all set. Uh, You know, I don't need anybody else telling me that they're a bad person. So, like, we're we're just we'll just be optimistic. We'll be hopeful that uh, Michigan can play this spring and and, uh, like we kind of it's Matt one of Matt's things at St. Mary's and you'll hear from Matt on this episode is control what you can control and uh you know that it's a it's a it's a mantra that we try to live by it's a mantra that I try and live by control what you can and uh be good at what you can be good at and um just kind of take it day by day and, and we're optimistic like we said and, and I'm just really excited to get out there and get back out with the boys and then start winning games again that's what we're looking for
0: Today we're talking D two and D four uh, from the MHSBCA poll, which I am extremely proud of myself for pronouncing that uh, without much. You pause. nailed it! Thank you. You nailed it, man. You say yeah, it yeah. enough. It's it's like uh, it's like repetition and progressions, baby. You just got to coach yourself. So the MHSBCA poll again. Just gonna shine uh, shine my light there. Uh, We're looking at D2, D4 Last week was D1, D3 Uh, You know, obviously a little close to home For you, Brian, with Orchard Lake St. Mary's on the show uh, Coach Matt Petrie Uh,
1: And then we have Three Oaks River Valley High School Head coach David Sokolowski Uh, I I hope I said that right As a fellow Polak um, I will be upset if I didn't. I, th- I think I got that right. He'll join us to talk about D4 and, and, and kind of the uh, the pocket of Michigan baseball in the extreme southwest part of the state that really isn't heard from all that often. Um, so he'll, he's, you're going to hear him touch on on some of the, the really good clubs out there, some of the history of that area as far as baseball goes, um, and really kind of shine a light on, on the smaller schools uh, that come out of that region, as well as kind of some of the smaller schools uh, throughout the region. Uh, In a really, really good segment with him was really good to kind of shed a light, like we said, man, on that part of the state, on that like level of baseball within the state and really good talk with him. So we're looking forward to you hearing that along with, like we said, Coach Petrie will be on with us here shortly.
0: I think the further you get away from Southeast Michigan, the longer the high school names get, because as soon as you (laughs) enter Southeast Michigan, you get like Bedford, Monroe, like Jefferson, just like the, the most basic yep. sort of names. And then you go a little bit more north and you got Trenton, Woodhaven, Allen parks, about as long as you get. <laughs> and then right. you get, you get more North gets a little bit longer. You know, you get the gross point North and the gross point South and the gross point Liggetts. So you're a little longer, but that one, that one is a tongue twister and that's obviously <laughs> we're talking way out West there, but Alan one is certainly a tongue twister, but like you said, great conversation. It was great to, uh, to hear from a side of things that maybe a lot of people from this area don't really know about, or maybe want to learn more about, or maybe they do, they, they do know a lot about it, but they're happy that, uh, you know, we finally get to talk about it, which is great. And I think you and I talked about a pre-show, you know, that's the whole goal of this thing is to give those a platform who would not have one without it and, uh, allow coaches to learn from each other, players to learn from each other and all of that. But really it's to, uh, you know, give a platform for Michigan baseball, Uh, not just the big names, not just the small names, but both and everything in between. And I think, uh, you know, today was a good example of both of
1: those things. Absolutely. Um, So, all right, man, do you want to dive right into it? We'll just start chatting D2 here. Um, Obviously with the, uh, the preseason poll having been released, it has Orchard Lake, St. Mary's at number one, uh, Essexville, Garber, Grand Rapids, Catholic Central, Stevensville, Lakeshore and St. Clair round out the top five. Uh, Any thoughts, man? Anybody jump out as is on on there in a bad spot or not on there and should have been. Uh, Yeah, man. Anything.
0: Well, first and foremost, I'm really excited to see Grosio on this poll. Uh, They're they're at 14. I think Coach Garza does just a fantastic job over there. Uh, Also man's the Michigan Wildcats. I think their name is, which is a. a travel team out of out of that area and they've got a really good squad riverview grozio kids few others i'm sure um so i think coach garza does a good job he puts a lot of work in and uh well deserved obviously like we always say preseason rankings are simply just that however it's nice to see a, a light being shined on those guys so excited to see grozio on there i think they've got some guys there as well um i think another team on here that stands out is uh swan valley uh, i think avery sauce probably One of, if not the best pitcher in that class, along with Schapansky, who's over at uh, Essexville Garber, um, which will be a nice contender, too. Um, But those two dudes can can beat anybody um, on a mound in the playoffs. So I am extremely excited to see uh, either. I'm not sure if they're in the same district, but if they end up facing off. um, But regardless, I'm, I'm excited to see Avery or Tommy on the mound against what will be a huge opponent, I'm sure, at some point during the playoffs this year.
1: And that's the thing about Michigan playoffs, man, and, and we're not unique, you know, it's it's a one and done. I think that's how most places are, but like that's the thing, dude. One arm, one game, you can lose. You're done. Season over.
0: You know, (laughs) speaking of D2 and and speaking of that exact format, I mean, you think about Trenton's run in 2019 and they had Micah Ottenbright and Kyle Ritchie, Uh, Ritchie at Lawrence Tech now and Ottenbright, obviously a verbal to state, but a guy who who might end up getting drafted. Uh, Those are two guys who carried that. I mean, I shouldn't say carried. That would be, um, you know, not trying to discredit what their offense did, but those two guys rotated every single game. Micah mm-hmm. would pitch half the game Kyle would pitch half the game They would be under the pitch count so they could pitch again In the next playoff game And they did that until, if I'm not mistaken There might have been something different along the way But I'm pretty sure they did that every game Including the, the, the semifinal um, So on that final four run for, for Trenton In 2019, that's exactly what, what did it for them They had two arms They rolled those arms until the end And it worked out very well for them
1: And just speaking as a guy who was in the dugout you know, On the other side We didn't want to see him you know, we don't want to see him this year, like, as far as Micah like, Bright on the mound, and, and like you said, Richie, a couple years ago, too, but that was a, it was a frightening, like, potential collision, you know, like, I, it's not that we were uh, afraid, you know, that's not the right word, but man, it's, it's anytime you can, uh, anytime you can avoid one of the best arms in the state, you know, you gotta do it, so, so we were definitely a, a little bit, I don't know if relieved is the right word, but, like, it really is probably the right word that like, OK, all right, we don't have to get through those two to win a state title this year. So definitely.
0: Yeah. And then you you backtrack a little bit and I'll and I'll, I'll hop on this before you do, I guess. And then you have the guys at the top who we'll get to with Petrie. Um, but or truly like same Marys, who is I think this is a universal. This is not just because Brian is on the show. They are probably the most undoubtedly top team out of any any division. Um, Just because of the talent that 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 roster has top to bottom uh, is just something that you don't see very often, um, if ever at all, in Michigan. Um, I think almost every position in the lineup will probably have a committed prospect or somebody who will soon commit at that said position. Um, The rotation has a guy like Brock Porter. Uh, Behind the dish, you have guys like ike irish you've got <laughs> middle of the lineup guys like nolan schubert and then you've got guys in the middle like alex freaking mooney i mean it just it never and then you got his brother out in one of the outfield spots and ryan mooney so it's just one of those things where uh that lineup and in that rotation and that team in general um will do a ton of things and that is all <laughs> is everything has to do with brian aside <laughs> in, fact, <laughs> in fact brian i love you but i think you've got the I think you're the last on the list of the reasons why I would pick them to go the distance. (laughs) I should be. (laughs) Uh, I know you'd accept it. That's why I said it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, man. It's a a really talented group of kids. Obviously, we're optimistic about what we should be able to accomplish this spring. Um, We had... Similar aspirations, and you'll hear this from Matt uh, in terms of more specifics. But there, there's, there were similar aspirations heading into 2019, and we started bad. We were seven and nine at one point, had just gotten swept at U of D uh, in an early league game, and, and I, uh, um, Matt, Matt talks about this more eloquently than I will. I uh, lost my mind. Um, you know, I'm not really a yeller. I think that our kids and, and guys that I've coached in the past will tell you that I'm not a yeller. I'd much rather get things across via positive communication and, and you know, a mutual understanding. Uh, after that series, I did not do that. Um, <laughs> and like, it's kind of a running gag that like, okay, well coach sack lost his mind. And then we went on a run. Like, no, I, you know, I, I, I hope that I was, um, Effective in something of a wake-up call, but the reason we ended up winning and playing was because we started playing well. It had nothing to do with me, um, but yeah, man. So, so I'm hopeful that like we can avoid that this year. Heading into the season, I think that our, the leadership in in the club will will help us avoid that. I, I think Alex Mooney will make sure that doesn't happen, uh, along with some guys, other guys that we have. But at the same time, man, we're gonna be we're gonna be playing a lot of kids who have not played a high school game yet. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have guys in spots and important spots who have not played a high school game yet. We're gonna start a guy behind the plate in, in Colson Titus who is committed to Army. He's had a lot of success. He's a really really good defensive catcher, but he has not played a game for us yet. You know, he he came in last year and, and we didn't play. So, you know, and his brother was was obviously an all time great at St Mary's Drake who who went and played at Army as well, and and, and uh, he won a state title with Matt in 2015 and. Um, so I, you know, I'm not, that's just one example. We're going to have some freshmen who who are expected to play. We're going to have some, some sophomores who are committed already, but haven't played a single inning of high school baseball, have not played in the Catholic league yet. Uh, they've had success in summer ball and and obviously they're extremely talented, um, the committed and the uncommitted guys. And so the talent is there, but we still gotta, you know, we still gotta see how they all play together. We still gotta see the, uh, the want factor uh, of the team before we can go, um, you know, getting too excited, I guess, in, in my opinion. But uh, the four by ones have gone really well so far, and, and Matt's excited about some of the strides the guys have made, both offensively and on the mound. And so, yeah, man, we're we're excited to, to lace them up and get out there. There's no doubt about that.
0: So, uh, what's the? I mean, you don't have to give this to me completely literally, but you're looking at Division Two, you're looking at the field. This could be a top twenty team. This, you know, doesn't have to be a top twenty team, but give me a couple teams. Uh, you guys are are, are putting writing down right now as teams that um, that could give you some fits come playoff time.
1: Well, um, I guess first is I'm kind of surprised to not see Country Day on here. Um, oh yeah, that's the, that, that stands out. You know, like it, it's. I don't, I don't even know if it's fair to say they're not as strong as they have been because they're still really strong. Uh, and that was, we talked about it already, that game in 2019 and, and Matt will touch on it again later is is one of the games that stands out as far as like best games of the season was when we saw them in in the district final or, or Regional, whatever it was, it was one of the the playoff games, and, and Schubart hits the bomb midway through the game, and, and we ended up winning. But I think they're really, really good. You know, Saborn Campbell's a, a tremendous player in the outfield, and, and they still have Migliaccio, who's one of the the better players in the state, um, a dude who can really impact the game in a, in a bunch of different ways. And Gabe Nazzelli's a great player, and, and it just you know Brandon Mann's a great player. It just uh, I'm kind of surprised to not see them on there, given the amount of talent they have and how historically good they are. Um, But with that being said, you know, it's Stevensville Lakeshores who knocked us out in 2018 in the state semis Uh, at MSU. We lost like one to nothing in nine innings or or something ridiculous like that. Um, I was on the road watching it on my laptop from Tropicana Field in Tampa during Peachy National. And and, uh, um, man, that was tough. Uh, You know, it felt like we were hitting every ball hard and it was right at somebody and whatever. So they're, you know, perennially really strong. I'm sure they'll be there at the end. Grand Rapids Catholic Central was was who we beat in the state finals a couple years ago. You know, I I think that they will be back there again. Obviously, we've talked about... uh, um, Essexville Garber and they got a Hoss who can really lead the way for them. We talked about Trenton, uh, divine child's always tough. You talked about grows man. They're, they're a really good program. Swan Valley, like up and down the list. Like it could be any one of those as far as like right there at the end, right there to punch you in the mouth. Um, it should be a really, really good year.
0: So we'll shift things over to division four, uh, where we get a lot more information, uh, from our guest here today But Division 4 Find a way to talk to me About Division 4
1: Well um, <laughs> Let's see what we can do I, You know I, I think that I, mean, I can touch from Personal experience on Cardinal Mooney Considering them being in the CHSL and, and I played against them and, and coached against them when I was still at GR And, and what that program has been turned into, you know, under, under Coach Rice there is incredible. Um, they were, not to put too fine a point on it, but they were, you know, um, didn't have to get up for those games, you know, back in the day. And, and I'm not talking recent history. I'm saying like back in the day. Um And so for them to be number two in the preseason polls, and and we've talked about them off air as far as like the, the overall depth of the team and and how strong they are and and could make a run there in D four. That would be a really awesome story, you know, not, not to mention anything else, but that would just be a really awesome story. Uh, And then kind of, you know, David will give us a lot more uh, once you listen to his interview. But uh, the only other name that kind of stands out is and it's from Billy Mitchell, too, is Gaylord St. Mary is usually there at the end. He talked about Rudyard being there at the end, Um, talked about Inland Lakes being there at the end as far as guys from the the really northern part of the state. And with a couple of those being Upper Peninsula schools. Um, Yeah, man, I, I don't I don't have a ton. Like I, I I think we'll get more from David. I know we'll get more from David because we recorded it before we started this. Uh, <laughs> I'm a mind reader. I can tell you exactly what we're gonna hear in twenty minutes. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I, I just I'm excited to see it play out. I'm excited to to increase my knowledge base of those schools.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I mean i I, I hate to dial in on one school, but uh, I got the chance to know Mike pretty well, Coach Rice over at. Cardinal Mooney uh, and his son Tommy as well. I just happened to uh, train him. He's a catcher, um, so I've had the privilege of working with him for quite a while now. Since I think about July or August of last year, so um, seen a lot of them over the past few months. And um, you know what I can tell you is they, they they've got some dudes. Um, Trent Rice, who is a sophomore there, is an extremely talented baseball player, basketball player who will uh, do some things certainly. And he's um, he's a guy who I think. By the time he's a senior, we'll have a couple, maybe a junior, uh, based on how things go. Nowadays, we'll have a couple options to go play some college baseball uh, at a pretty decent level. I think Tommy will as well, and there's a couple other guys in that squad that are really good. Um, Mike does a tremendous job just of team orientation. Um, you know, prioritizing the chemistry of it all. Uh, communication is is a huge thing for him. I wish I I wish I had the same communication skills as he has. Um, you know he is far better than I am at that, so it's something that I need to dive into. But yeah, Mike's just a great guy. He's in it for the right reasons. Um, and, and Cardinal Mooney is a team that could do some things in Division Four. Obviously, coaches think so, giving them that ranking. Um, but not to dive too much on one team. That just unfortunately is the only team that you and I both have some uh, insight on. That's uh, you know at least. Incredible enough for us to give on the show. But uh, like you said, we'll cover plenty of that in our coaching interview. So uh, before we get there, let's wrap this up, okay? Uh, Before we get into Coach Petrie from Orchard Lake St. Mary's, uh, we will segue you right into that right after I ask Brian one question. I'm ready. Is there any human chance that you think
1: that IPAs are better than Stout? 10 times out of 10.
0: <laughs> Anybody who listens to five will understand. Literally every
1: single time, literally every single time I don't do stouts. I don't like, like why would I drink a thick alcoholic coffee chocolate mess when I can have a beer that tastes like a beer and it's, and it, you know, like I I, I, I don't know, man. And I'm sure this is a, my best friend from high school is a stout guy and he and I go back and forth. And, and like my best friend from college is uh, he used to be on my side with the IPAs, and now he's kind of more on the stout side. And you know, sometimes it, I don't know if that's just he's getting old um, and kind of giving up, which is fine. But uh, yeah, man, it's IPAs ten times out of ten. Like, I want my beer to taste like beer, not like um, you know, I just dove head first into the chocolate river of Willy Wonka's fact or you know, whatever that whatever that was. Like a pass on that, dude. I don't I don't want to like work hard to drink my beer. I'll stick with the IPAs, thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, with that, and like I said, you know, we're at the episode, we're at the part now, I guess, in episode six, where we can do a little callbacks, you know, and uh, (laughs) anybody out there who's listened to the episodes, at least last episode, would get that reference. And if not, go listen to episode five. Uh, But before then, get in some interviews here as we take you to the Division Two and Division Four segment of our MHSBCA poll series uh, with Coach Matt Petrie of Orchard Lake St. Mary's.
1: Episode 6, Cold Weather Bats We are entering our interview segments now Uh, Happy to be joined by my boss That's Matt Petrie, head coach of Orchard Lake St. Mary's Uh, Picked number 1 in Division 2 preseason by the MHSBCA poll Matt, thanks for jumping on with us, man
2: Yeah, thanks, uh, Brian and Brandon It's a pleasure to be on here I really appreciate what you guys are doing for amateur baseball in the state of Michigan
1: Hell yeah, man We're having a lot of fun with it um, we've been looking forward to, uh, to getting you on But, uh, you know We didn't really want this to be the St. Mary's show so we had, to, we had to put some space between you and Alex Mooney as far as interview segments. So uh, we appreciate you being patient. We're happy to have you on now. And uh, I, guess, I guess for the folks at home, if you could just kind of give us a little background, we'd love to hear background on St. Mary's. We'd love to hear background on your like coaching ascension to the, to the head job there. Um, anything and everything in, in that sort of sense.
2: Uh, yeah, so this is uh, we're entering my 11th season at St. Mary's. Um, you know, prior to that, I played uh, at the University of Michigan and kind of hung out in Ann Arbor a little bit. And then in 2010, I believe um, I got the opportunity to coach JV baseball at Dexter High School for a season. Um, one of my former teammates at Michigan, Mike Schmidt, um, got me involved there, and that kind of kickstarted my my coaching career almost got into it by accident, and then uh, after my one season at Dexter, um, I was able to interview for the St. Mary's job and um, was fortunate enough to get it. So, haven't left yet. So it's my eleventh year.
1: So Matt, obviously you've won two state titles. I see it on your Twitter bio: 2015 and 2019. Uh, which team would beat the other?
2: oh that's a tough question (laughs) um they both both those teams were you know extremely extremely talented um you know the um i would say in 2015 they were uh you know a little bit you know ahead of their time i thought you know 2016 was going to be the year for us to make a run but um that graduating class in 2016 that were juniors really uh you know, ascended uh very quickly, guys like Drake Titus and Harrison Salter, um Griffin Chiposh guys like that. Um so it was almost, you know, a little bit of a surprise where the two thousand nineteen team um, you know, had some accolades coming into the season. We were expected to be good and uh, you know, it didn't uh we didn't start off uh as well as we would have liked. Um, you know, with all those preseason accolades. I think it kinda you know, went to our heads a little bit, and then you know we got off to a seven and nine start, um, which was rough. Um, you know, and, and Coach Sack, you gave quite the uh, moving speech after we got swept by U of D that kind of turned our season around. I think so. We have to credit you for that one.
0: All right, <laughs> uh, so Coach, you know, you talk about that 2019 season uh, and that turnaround and all that. I know that you just brought up Sack and, and and how he had some 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 role in that, but talk about what that team had maybe it was moxie wise or just personality wise that really um, you know put it in the forefront to make that run in a pretty stacked up division mind you
2: yeah so that, you know that, that group um, was very talented you know our pitching staff was uh, you know, the best that you know I've had um, you know in, in my time at, at St. Mary's just a lot of extremely talented guys. And we were able to, um, you know, put it together. The guys never really wavered. They knew they were talented. Um, we were just losing some tough games towards um, the end of games. You know, we had, uh, you know, leads, and I think of those nine losses, I think we had leads in the sixth inning or later and seven of them. And I think a lot of that was attributed to, you know, having some young guys in positions where they weren't uh, – you know, we're used to the pressure of high school baseball, and um, they certainly matured as the year went on, um, and obviously kind of the rest is history of being able to put together. I think it was an unbeaten streak of, you know, 28 or 29 games, but, you know, they, they matured very quickly.
1: Matt, can you kind of take us through that 2019 season just in the, in the micro sense of what is one or two games that stand out to you?
2: Um, the, uh, the Country Day game, um, obviously... No secret, the type of program that Country Day has. Um, we faced them in the, the district finals, and um, they kind of, you know, kicked us in the teeth to, to start the game. And um, you know, like I said, I don't think that's a game that we would have necessarily won at the beginning of the season, um, just because um, how, how our guys uh, matured throughout through the year. Um, they weren't uncomfortable being down to Country Day, and. Um, you know, obviously, with all the guys that they had on on that team, with uh, the Campbell Brothers and Migliaccio and Dolney, um, that was just a great team, but I was really proud of our guys. I would say that's the game that you know kind of sticks out the most um, to us um, as a coaching staff. Um, and then you know we we were able to go down uh, on spring break that year. Um, we played Cleveland St. Ignatius, which uh, they ended up winning. Um, the Division One state title in Ohio in 2019, we played them in an 11-inning or a 12-inning tie, 1-1. Um, and that game, you know, kind of sticks out to me that, you know, we can go to the toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the country um, down there. And that kind of, I think that trip definitely, uh, you know, turned our season around going into it. And that's kind of when that unbeaten streak started.
0: Matt, you've been at Orchard Lake for, like you said, your 11th season here. Obviously, uh, anybody who has the longevity that you've had there and the success you've had there has the mentality to learn something uh, as much as possible. So I'm not going to ask you the biggest thing you've learned because I know it's probably a long list. But let's put you in the position where younger coaches may be trying to get to that point or maybe there's younger coaches out there that's at that point right now where they're at the head coach. Uh, maybe it's their first second season or maybe they're on the brink of it. What kind of advice are you giving them?
2: i would just say be a lifelong learner um you know i'm going to all these you know coaches conventions the abca the uh, michigan high school baseball um coaches conference and you're always trying to learn um you know that's something that i really delved into probably six or seven years ago um, you know, creating kind of a data-driven approach to, you know, our hitters and our pitchers and um, taking advantage of some of the new technologies um, that was out there. kind of started with uh, the line throwing program and velocity development with our guys, and then we moved into the line hitting. Um, we've been able to um, purchase the hitting rep Soto, but kind of, you know, having that, you know, technology available and those tools available to to develop our players, um, that's, you know, something that I firmly believe in is, you know, giving given your players opportunities to, to better themselves. Um, if you develop the individual player, the team stuff, I think, is certainly going to take care of itself when you guys or when we have um, guys that work as hard as our guys do in the offseason and, you know, really really buy into what we're, what we're selling, what we're trying to get them to do. Um, that's my biggest thing. And, um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I think every coach can do. Maybe not have access to, you know, all the fancy technology and expensive technology, but there, there are certainly tools out there for, for everybody in order to, you know, continue developing their players.
1: Matt, we're going to change gears a little bit here, take us away from St. Mary's. This past summer obviously was unique across the country in the, uh, the COVID sense of little to no organized collegiate baseball. Um, you obviously have a, a bit of a background in, in summer baseball, but this past year you coached in the first the first year of the Michigan Collegiate Baseball League. And I believe you were the head coach of the I-75ers, if if memory serves. So can you kind of take us through what the the formation of that was like? Like, you know, who got in touch with you and, and and did you like the idea from the get-go? And then if you could talk a little bit about the the summer at large, like we'd be really interested to hear it
2: yeah so you know it was a great opportunity obviously i'm a baseball junkie and not being able to have our high school season and you know i wasn't coaching a summer ball team um last summer i wanted to you know kind of get my baseball fix in and i've known ryan ford for years through the the summer travel ball circuit and you know he reached out to me about my interest in you know coaching a collegiate league um you know ryan ford and sean harrington had the idea you know as the You know, the Great Lakes League teams, um, things like that, were shutting down for the summer. They wanted something to give, you know, the college players in the state of Michigan the opportunity to, um, you know, continue to to develop their game. Obviously, their seasons were all cut short as well um, as the high school season. So um, we kind of put it together and, you know, everyone was very, very receptive. And that was during the, you know, kind of the height of the COVID um, um, case caseload in in michigan so we were kind of unsure if we were going to be able to do it and you know a lot of um a lot of the players were kind of reluctant to leave home and obviously in the state of michigan we have some very talented baseball players and they wanted uh, somewhere where they could stay at home um you know not having to uh, stay with a host family or anything like that so um we were able to put that together and like you said we had uh you know four teams and it was it was great we had some of the top end um you know, high school talent um, in the state, um, like you said, some, you know, incoming um, recruits. Um, a guy like Mitch Jeb comes to mind, um, you know, one of the best seniors who had just graduated. Um, and then, you know, some of the best players from, you know, Michigan, Michigan State that were around the area um, that wanted to play. And it, it was really great to, to showcase those guys, um, you know, those Pro Scouts there. Um, you know, JUCO guys were there and they were able to, you know, get some um get some numbers and, you know, send those out to, you know, the, the division one, division two um schools, the four year schools in order to um, you know, help with their you know, their placement. So I think it kinda of, there was something there for everybody and you know it really worked out well and I know that we're uh, we're planning for a second season, um, you know, with the four teams at legacy and um you know it's a really great opportunity for for all you know, college baseball players of, of all levels uh, from the state of Michigan and even uh, now expanding through the Midwest.
0: So Matt, you've obviously had a lot of baseball memories from playing to coaching, coaching college leagues, high school leagues, summer ball, all of it. Uh, if you could, this is probably a really tough question, so it doesn't have to be 100% absolute, but if you could take me back to one of the moments where you learned something the most in baseball, whether that be during a game, uh, if it if it went wrong, what you learned that way, or just something along the lines that where you've learned something in the moment through baseball?
2: Well, I don't know about in the moment, but just, you know, having conversations with um, guys who are a lot smarter than me. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, it's being a lifelong learner and, you know, picking guys' brains, um, you know, former Michigan pitching coach, now the pitching coach of the Detroit Tigers, Chris Fetter and I were teammates at Michigan. Um, so I would always kind of pick his brain, Um, especially you know, like I said, when it comes to a lot of the technology, where I didn't understand, Chris had you know a a much more extensive um, background and more experience with that. Um, You know, I think that those conversations kind of helped transform what we're doing at St. Mary's as far as developing our players, and I think that's kind of led to you know some of the success we've had. And I think um, you know just realizing that. Hey, you know, I don't know everything and I don't pretend to know everything and you know just having that little bit of uh humility I guess um really I think you know took myself as a coach to the next level. Um, you know, like I said, continuing to be a lifelong learner and, you know, just making sure that you're providing, uh, you know, the best opportunities for your players because, you know, that's what it's all about is, is the players and, you know, developing them, giving them the opportunity to play baseball at the, at the next level. And, you know, like I said, just having the, the humility as a coach to, um, to realize that, you know, no, you don't know everything and to pick, you know, everybody's blame.
1: Matt, we've asked uh, Coach Christner from Brighton and, and Coach Samini from Liggett on uh, the last pod um, to kind of take us through their rivalries, to, to take us through how they see their own divisions, uh, how they see kind of the end of the year going, like what a couple of the teams that they expect to see in East Lansing uh, at the end of the spring. And if you could kind of do the same thing for us, man, like take us through D two, who's really good, you know, who is always really good, who's always really competitive, and then. Uh, the first-person account of the, the gauntlet that is the Catholic High School League would be appreciated as well.
2: Yeah, you know, the Catholic High School League, I think, is uh, one of the best leagues in the state for baseball. And um, like you said, it truly it really is a gauntlet, and it's a grind. With We uh, play doubleheaders every Wednesday and Saturday against uh, the likes of Brother Rice, Steel of Catholic Central, U of D, Divine Child. Um, there's no, there's no off-series in that. And you have to be deep, um, you know, specifically with your pitching staff in order to get through four games against those opponents, um, you know, every, you know, every week. And I think that's, that's helped us, you know, develop some some depth um, that's led to our success because, like you said, you know, just because we're not in the largest division um, in the state, you know, being a D2 program, um, I think D2 uh, baseball is some of the best baseball in Um, You know, speaking of teams that you expect to see, you know, you know, Trenton comes to mind with a guy like Micah Ottenbright, who can beat anybody in the state. Um, You know, Avery Goldensoff at, um, I believe he's at uh, Saginaw Swan Valley. Uh, Tommy Schapansky at Essexville Garber. Um, You know, there's teams that, you know, have, you know, one pitcher um, that is dominant and can be dominant any time out. You expect to see. You know those types of programs that uh, make their way to to East Lansing um, come June, as they uh, you know usually pitching dominates the playoffs. So um, those are you know types of teams, and then certainly you know in our district with the likes of Country Day, you know we run into them, you know every season at some point in districts. Um, this year we're playing them uh, in the regular season as well. So um, you know it's just there's a there's a lot of teams that are able to to win Division Two, and I'm sure I'm. Uh, you know, not mentioning some, and I apologize, to those coaches. Um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of good baseball in Division Two.
1: Last question, Matt. Then we'll let you go. Uh, tell us about St. Mary's. Tell us about 2021, the Eaglets We've asked uh, the other coaches so far to to kind of give us the quick little preview of their clubs, and then I'm going to ask you the same thing.
2: You know, I'm really excited about this 2021 club, um, but you know, it is going to be unique in the fact that you know a lot of these guys I haven't seen play a baseball game and what will be two years. So, you know, your sophomore class, you haven't seen them play at all. Um, your freshman class, obviously, you haven't seen. And, you know, the amount of time between games and, you know, the, the amount of uh, development that guys have done over the last two years, that's that's what's exciting about this for me is just kind of seeing the steps that um, some of these guys have taken over the, over the past two years. And, you know, I think, um, you know, our team is certainly very talented. I think the, the strength of our team um, will be, you know, our lineup, um, guys, you know, certainly, you know, spearheaded by Alex Mooney. And then Alec like Nolan Schubert, um, Jack Crichton, Jake Dresselhaus, Ike Irish, the list goes on and on. Um, you know, I think that'll be the strength of our, of our team. Um, you know, as, you know, something that um, is, is not a weakness, but more of a question mark is, you know, our pitching depth, um, you know, at the top of the rotation having Brock Porter is, is, Um, an embarrassment of riches, um, you know, with what he can do starting the uh, the state championship game as a freshman and, you know, the jumps that he's made. But, you know, the guys that, um, you know, kind of slot behind him in the rotation are guys that don't have a lot of high school innings under their belt. Um, They're very, very talented. Um, Guys like John Essig, Tommy Allman, Jake Keeser, Kieran Cahee, but they don't have a ton of innings under their belt. So, you know, that's going to be the exciting thing is to kind of see how they've developed and see, you know, how they perform in, in situations like we talked about, you know, they're going to be thrown into the fire early and, you know, it's exciting to see, it's going to be exciting to see, you know, those guys, you know, be on, on the big stage, you know, in 2019, um, those guys were in kind of support roles and this year they're going to have to be the guys. So I guess that's the, uh, the exciting part about it. And, you know, I think we're going to play a very good defense behind those guys. So you know, if they're throwing strikes and things like that, you know, I like, uh, you know, the possibilities for this season ahead of us.
1: Matt, really appreciate you joining us, man. You can follow Matt on Twitter at OLSMBaseball. Uh, he is very much his own person on the account, as well as giving you updates on the St. Mary's program. Uh, Matt, really appreciate your time, dude. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brandon.
1: Welcome back to cold weather bats. We are joined in our episode six interview segments by David Sokolowski, the head baseball coach at Three Oaks River Valley High School, uh, way over on the west side of the state uh, from our perspective here in Metro Detroit, basically Chicago. Um, So, coach, welcome to the show, man. We appreciate you coming on with us tonight.
3: Hey, I appreciate you guys
1: having me on. So, Coach, it's, it's something we texted about uh, before the show and, and kind of throughout the day of, of getting to know each other a little bit. But Brandon and I... And, as, and I think a, a fair bit of our listener base is relatively relatively ignorant to that side of the state, that sort of corner of the state, and the baseball that comes along with it. And obviously being in D4, those are smaller schools as it is. So if you could, man, if you could kind of educate us, like take us through the, the baseball out there, the scene out there, like who's good, who's perennially a contender, what are some of the teams that come out of there, players that come out of there that we might, it might not even dawn on us that that's where they're from. From. We'd love to, to learn from you.
3: Well, first of all, you know, it's okay. I'll forgive you, Eastsiders. Um, you know, we uh, we always see, you know, a lot of bigger schools over there, so it's it's no wonder you guys don't know who we are. Um, yeah, I mean, Southwest Michigan, I'm born and raised here. I'm a Buchanan grad myself, um, small town. A lot of people hear about Niles, Michigan. It's a little bit bigger neighbor of ours. Um, but just going through the years, you know, myself, my playing career, Um, hearing stories, you know, my dad was a river Valley grad in the eighties, uh, which is coincidentally where I ended up coaching at, um, just a lot of good players. I know, uh, Lake Michigan college, junior college over here, their head coach is a guy named Zach Wasserman. Uh, Zach was a few years ahead of me. He went to Stevensville Lakeshore, Um, but you know, he got drafted by the Arizona organization, played in the college world series at Louisville. Uh, another, another buddy of mine went to Niles, graduated same year as me, 2010 by the name of David Garner. Uh, David got drafted by the Cubs. Um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of good players through the years come out of here, even dating back, um, river Valley, for example, as small of a school as we are two professional baseball players to come out of river Valley high school, Jeff Petrick, um, back in the seventies and eighties, uh, and Matt Manti, who's probably a little bit more well-known. Um, In the 90s, pitched you know, closer for the Diamondbacks, Marlins, uh, Tigers and Red Sox throughout his career. Um, There's been some big names to come out of here. And I I think, you know, not to not to steal all the talk time here, but hearing stories, um, you know, from my dad, who was a class of 1985. He played for a guy named Jerry Hinman uh, at River Valley High School. Coach Hinman is a Michigan High School Hall of Famer um over 500 5 or 600 career wins I forgive me for not knowing the exact number but um local legend in our area but my dad told me you know back in the 80s and 90s whoever came out of our district uh generally went to the final 4 I mean if you look at history books uh Buchanan I believe won it in 1985 I want to say 86 might have been Berrien Springs 87 Brandywine something to that nature just that that area was a power in those years. And then through the nineties, river Valley, two state championships um, in the mid nineties with coach Hinman. And then it's kind of been quiet at RV until now.
0: So coach, uh, take me a little bit through your origins. Uh, so you get this job uh, as the head man. It's it's the school your father went to that there, there's tradition and all of that. Take me through how you got to that point, And then once you got the job, uh, you know, basically What's it like to assume uh, the tradition that comes along with that, obviously, with the ties you have family-wise?
3: It's really just an interesting route, how I got to where I am. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sound cliche, but I have a lot of people to thank. Um, so I played junior college ball uh, at Kalamazoo Valley for a couple of years. I played for Bernie Valier my first year, and then my second year, Cody Pachaki, the current head coach there, took over. Um, so I played for him in his first year at the helm and he's done great things with that program. And then I transferred out to Purdue North central, which is an NAIA down in Westville, Indiana. Um, and quite frankly, my, my last couple of years of college ball didn't quite go as I hoped, um, you know, kind of riddled with injuries a little bit, you know, things that we can't really control. And, uh, coaching was something that I always knew I wanted to get into and a good friend of mine, uh, named Justin Berry, was running a small travel organization out of Southwest Michigan called the Southwest Michigan sluggers. And, uh, I just kind of helped out a little bit, you know, giving back to some of these younger kids whom I knew, uh, helping with hitting, helping with pitching. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they started a new team. I kind of got thrown into it and didn't have much time to recruit, um, had a rough year with that. And then I ended up coaching little league, you know, 12 U ball in three Oaks and, uh, buddy of mine named Colby Cade, who, uh, is about five or six years older than me. He's the gym teacher at River Valley high school. And he was coaching varsity baseball. And I was at work one day in the summer and Colby contacted me and says, Hey man, uh, I think I'm going to step down from coaching RV baseball. Are you interested? And immediately I was stunned because I, I had no, uh, I had no anticipation that a high school job would open up. Certainly no, thought that even if I put in for one, um, that I'd get it, it wasn't on my radar. So Colby put in a word for me with, uh, the new athletic director at the time, his name was, or is Jim wisely. Uh, he's now the superintendent at Constantine schools. And I didn't know Jim from the next guy. So here I am this 24 year old kid with no high school coaching experience, just a little bit of, you know, playing experience and a lot of passion for the game. I interviewed, um Jim took a chance on me And five years later Here we are
1: And here we are indeed uh, You guys are, are ranked number one In the preseason MHSBCA uh, Division 4 poll um, I you know Admittedly didn't know the school Man you know I, I don't know if I feel Bad about that but I do I feel bad about it I didn't know the school I had to google where it was And that's on me but now, you know, we're getting better at it. I'm getting better. I'm improving as a person. So, so yeah, man, you're number one preseason. You're a youngish head coach as far, as far as the state of Michigan goes, as far as high school head coaches go in general. Tell us about the club. What are you excited about? It's been two years since anybody's coached an actual game or whatever. So, tell you know, what is what makes you guys number one preseason? What makes you guys tick?
2: <clears throat>
3: well, I'll tell you what. Um, first of all, you know, the number one. The number one ranking obviously it comes with a lot of pressure. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation there. Um, I'm very thankful, first of all, to the boys—not only the current ones, but the ones who graduated and lost their season in 2020. Um, they're the ones that I think the the fans at in Three Oaks, you know, in Three Oaks. By the way, you say not being able to figure out where we were on the map. Three Oaks is a small town. You're talking, you know, probably less than two thousand people the high school, we graduate between 40 and 50 a year. So we're right there at the bottom of how, you know, small you can get and still sustain a program. Um, so it's just a nod to that. But, uh, you know, with this number one ranking coach Seidenbender, Dave Seidenbender, um, at Brandywine is on the board or on the committee. Um, I know he had a little bit of a hand in giving us some credit. We play them, uh, you know, every, uh, every year or so, I think we've had them on the schedule just about every season. But um, that class of 2020, those were the first freshmen I had. And they came in after a season where River Valley baseball that had fallen on hard times, you know, so to speak, uh, in the late, probably the late 90s, or I would say early, mid-2000s there. You know, I say mid-2000s, sounds funny. Um, (laughs) Mid-2010s, I guess. I I know. They they fell on some really hard times there, and, and they weren't winning a lot of ball games. They were kind of a no offense to the school I coach at now, they were a little bit of a local laughing stock. and here these freshmen come in and here I come as a new fresh coach and the team before the year before had won five games. Um, they'd won five games, bottom feeder in the conference, not a great showing in the district. Um, no JV program. Like it was in a tough spot. And I brought five freshmen up that year. And they won 18 games as freshmen with what was left over from the year before. And the, their sophomore year, we kind of had a sophomore slump, so to speak. We didn't have as good of a year, but still had a tough uh, tough showing in conference. I believe we got second in the conference. We lost in the district title to a very good Lake Michigan Catholic team um, that year. And uh, that junior season, that 2019 season, It all started to culminate. Those boys put it all together and we uh, ended up beating Muskegon Catholic Central, who is a power Mm. in division four. Um, I believe they were ranked number two at the time. That was the pre-regional game. Um, I think we were, Hey, you know, we had somehow snuck into the rankings for the first time in years. Um, And the boys went up there, had a, a rally late and pulled off, you know, just, a very iconic win, not only for the program but for them, and then to lose it in 2020 um, was heartbreaking. You know, I, I I wholeheartedly believe we would have made a state run in 2020. I think this current team we have, um, we you know, I think there's some local teams sleeping on us a little bit, despite that number one preseason rank. I know that sounds crazy. Um, I think there are some local teams that think we graduated a lot because we did. We lost. Um, we lost a couple young men who well I say a couple, I think we graduated nine of those nine. Uh five, I think five or six of them were starters. And uh one of those guys is at Lansing Community College right now. Um he's a PO up there, but he played the left side of the infield, was our ace pitcher, broke the school record for hitting his junior year. He hit a whopping five seventy-five, if you can believe that. Um and I know that number is just astronomical, but trust me, I keep a pretty darn tight, tight book. And, uh, he hit every bit of it. It was pretty unbelievable. And it's all relative to the times. I mean, you guys, you know, your eras, you saw different pitching my era, 10 years ago in high school, we saw different pitching. Um, you know, but I give credit where it's due, but, um, to really get to the point, sorry, i I ramble a little, um, this current team, we have a lot of athleticism, uh, We've got a couple of our key hitters back. Um, we have a, a kid that just transferred in actually from Indiana, from Chesterton, uh, who's a catcher. He's a junior, Real, looks like a solid ball player from the little bit I've gotten to see of him. Um, so we're excited. I think, I think that number one comes with pressure. It puts a target on our back, but I think our boys with the culture we've instilled and in our, our daily you know, game plan, these boys are gonna outwork everybody. Uh, whether we win or lose during the regular season. I'm a, a big believer that wins are overrated if you're not the team that wins at the end. Um, you could have a losing record in the regular season, and if you make it out of your district, it's anybody's ballgame. So uh, that's just where I sit with our current squad. So
0: obviously, uh, like we said, we don't have a huge familiarity with the area, So, and, and we're sure like with our demographic, there's some something lost there too. So take us through the area's powerhouses and what it's like going through the playoffs in that division and who, who you really have to look out for. Uh, and then for your school, you know, the, what, what, are there any rivalries, any bitter rivalries, uh, for you guys that you're looking out for, for this
3: year? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I could dive into, you know, the D threes and the D twos in our area. Cause we have a couple that are great. Uh, you know, my alma mater, Buchanan, I think they're number nine right now in D three um brandywine niles brandywine's number 20 in that division but anyways uh focusing on on d4 um a big one right off the top of my head that i know we'll run into in the playoffs um is decatur uh they got the best of us in 2019 in the uh the regional uh, you know they have a hall of fame coach ben body uh he's got some state rings he's you know it, he's just an incredible coach um a lot of respect for him and his program. Uh, I want to say uh, Colin, Kalamazoo, Christian um, Kalamazoo hackett has been pretty tough the last couple of years. And they're a little bit more Northeast of us uh, in our immediate area. Teams like uh, Bridgman come to mind. Bridgman's a neighboring town. And that is a rivalry that we have um, in multiple sports. Basketball is another very notable rivalry with them uh, right now. To be honest, you know, this is no disrespect to anybody because I believe in, you know, respect your opponent no matter what. Uh, our conference right now, um, not necessarily the strongest. Um, I, I believe that our non-conference games where is where we will see the bulk of our competition. Um, you know, we have some rivalries with with schools like New Buffalo is a big one. They're the most immediate town. Next to us, so a little bit of a crosstown rivalry there, but the baseball scores have been a little lopsided in the last few years. We've gotten the better of them. Uh, Lake Michigan Catholic, when I first started five years ago, was very, very good. They seem to have come down a little bit, um, and we've kind of taken up their mantle at the, the top of the conference and the top of the districts. But, uh, yeah, right off the top of my head, the big ones would be probably K Christian and Decatur. Um, those come to mind. Absolutely. And coach, we really appreciate the, uh,
1: the education you gave us tonight. Um, we're kind of pressed up against the segment for time here, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, but coach, I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Great to get to know you, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to staying in touch and good luck to you and your boys this spring.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, sorry if I was a little long winded there. I, we I ask leading them. questions and
0: yeah, the points to let you talk and tell the stories. Trust me.
3: Yep. Yep. We want you to talk, coach. We appreciate it, man. Well, Hey, good luck to you guys this season. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk again.
1: Yes, sir. We're looking forward to it. And with that, we are uh, getting near the end of episode six of cold weather bats, uh, special thanks to our guests per usual, uh, shout out to Matt Petrie head coach at Orchard Lake St. Mary's and David Sokolowski head coach of three Oaks river Valley high school. Um, fantastic interviews with those guys, fantastic insight. Uh, we've, we've been very, very fortunate, uh, so far doing this podcast, as far as having these incredible guests on and these candid and, and, um, you know, almost intimate at times interviews with these guys where they're, they're willing to talk about their clubs. They're willing to talk about their experiences. They're willing to talk about uh, kind of share some secrets that have, that have made them better for the sake of, of trying to help other guys get better coaches and players. Uh, and that's kind of the whole point of the show. Um, but with that said, we, uh, we come to the end of another week. Uh, we had another great episode as far as I'm concerned. Brandon, what do you think?
0: Hey, the show, the show must go on in the wise words of Lupe fiasco. And for those at home who don't understand that reference, I am
1: 24. Well, I know who that is and I'm 31.
0: Yeah, but you're like a you're like a 28, 31. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, thanks, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it was a great uh, episode. I mean, uh, I'm never going to say I don't like it, but from a personal standpoint when anytime you can get the the contrast of the episode that we had there, where you had a program, you know, that's really well known out in the forefront, like St. Mary's, and then you had a program that deserved to be put on a platform and, um, you know, deserved to get this interview and hadn't had the opportunity uh, before. Uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I think we did a good thing, and I think that's, like I said in the beginning of the show, like that's really the whole point of this is to, uh, you know, put a light and shine a light on a subject. Of that is Michigan baseball that does not and has not had a light on it prior. Um, we're fortunate to live in this era where we have the opportunity to distribute a a podcast like this without much effort besides one day a week, maybe two days a week of about, I don't know, an hour and a half of man work which is really the man work is just talking so i'm not even yeah. sure i would call it that uh so we, we're blessed to have this opportunity and more than anything we have a lot of fun with it uh, which is great and i think yeah i think this episode was sweet uh, i'm a big fan of us being able to do things bigger than baseball um you know we talked about baseball this whole time per huge, but uh, at the end of the day that this whole thing is is bigger than baseball and i think if you show up to quote unquote work every day uh you know and in, in my example here work would be coaching uh to make it bigger than baseball or in any sport make it bigger than than that sport i think you'll see and have a far more fulfilling operation in my
1: opinion so to close it out um we're gonna do a couple things first some housekeeping notes uh, number one, shout out to our producer, James, who is absolutely incredible and nope. makes this makes this episode, makes this this podcast in general sound good because Brandon and I are, well, I'm not going to speak for Brandon. I am so technologically incompetent that there's no chance I'd be able to do it. I'd be posting uh, voice memos from my, my phone, like on Twitter and calling it a podcast. So shouts out to James as always. Um, James does an incredible job. We're very lucky to have him. And a couple more things, you can follow the show on Twitter at Cold Weather Bats. Looking forward to next week. We haven't totally locked in the entire, you know, scope of the program, but we will be joined by Wayne State left-handed pitcher Brennan Cox, uh, who is obviously one of Wayne State's better arms. He played in the MCBL this past summer, To has had great success, um, has had some professional interest. I think he'll have that opportunity again. He's a Taylor native, uh, Riverview Gabriel Richard grad. Um, looking forward to having him on the show to, to kind of give that D2 perspective and for us to kind of get back into talking to some players. Uh, I know we've taken a break from that the last couple weeks. Um, but to close out the show, like we did last week, and, and we promise we are going to incorporate this into our interviews. We just did not do a good enough time or a good enough job budgeting time for this week. Uh, but we're going to do the rapid fire segment again. Um, oh, actually, one more thing I forgot before we do that: coaches, assistant coaches, head coaches, high school coaches. Period. We want to do a super poll. We want to make it a bi-weekly thing at Cold Weather Bats once the season gets underway where we throw out the divisions and we rank 20 or 25 or however many high school teams in one big you know, Michigan high school baseball poll. And we want your help with that. We want that to be a not Brandon and Brian thing, but a representative sample as best we can. So we want you to send us your email addresses. The DMs on the Twitter account are open. At Cold Weather Bats, please jump in there with your email account. If you're a player who's hearing this, please tell your coach to, to DM us his email address. If you're an assistant coach, DM us yours and we'll get in touch with the head coach that way or whatever it is. Um, we want that to be as representative as possible. We'd like to have as many submissions as possible and and make it a cool thing bi-weekly to, to really like throw out the divisions, throw out the, you know, enrollment sizes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and and really kind of Let's rank who the best teams in the state Are you know regardless of that So we want to try that we still have a little While before we got to do that so we're hoping that uh, We can get enough uh, Participation and and representation For that to happen okay Moving on we are going to do this This uh, rapid fire segment And we're going to inverse it this time we're going to make Brandon ask me questions and That's how we will take the show out so Brandon please
0: Okay because I Know division two has some conflicts for you. What I'll ask is name one team who will make it to the state championship in Division Two, not named Orchard Lake St.
1: Mary's. Uh, I'm gonna go with Trenton. Todd Zalka, baby. That's the alma mater. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, man. Like, listen, man. We talked about it. They rode the wave a couple of years ago. Used two arms for the most part, and and that were, they did it you know, safely, obviously, we're not, we're not saying that they didn't, they did it safely and within the rules and, um, taking care of their guys, but man, like I, you know, Ottenbright can beat anybody. So, you know, I, I'll go with them.
0: And we talked about how important arms are not to dive into another conversation here, but yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong in that, in that pick. And, um, you know, if they, if they're able to make that run, I would be extremely, um, Happy for for Todd. Uh, Obviously, that guy does a lot for his program. Been on the show. Um, All right, next question. Division four. I know we don't know a whole lot,
1: but (laughs) you're going to have to give me a pick here. Well, I'll go with my man, David. River Valley, state champs. Let's ride.
0: Let's ride. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now, next question. You're walking down the street. You turn a corner. It's the most important person in detroit to you all of detroit i'm talking the entire list of legends from detroit who is it Mm -hmm. and how quickly do you ask for an autograph
1: oh geez man um my brain went right to verlander because that's my favorite player of all time but i don't I don't like. I, I I don't do the autograph thing. I, I just feel kind of embarrassed by it sometimes. Doesn't so have to be an I,
0: athlete necessarily.
1: Yeah. Jeez, um, man. Um, Jeff Kaiser is the guy I call my first baseball mentor. Um, he's a he's a name you should know as a Don River guy. Uh, I, he's pretty important to me as far as like my baseball development went. My name went to him. Um, I would say Dan Petrie but I get to see him every day in the spring for the most part uh, so I'm lucky with that he, he's been nothing but a positive influence is like a Detroit legend and, and former big leaguer who's, who's just one of the greatest dudes in the world and um, geez man that's, that's someone that's put me on the spot there um, hmm. I don't know I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll go with the I guess I'll cheat and not be a good participant and go with my my multitude of answers
0: Fair enough Fair enough
2: Uh,
0: All right Last question Here we go Last question You ready for this one? Sure What is your opinion On the bunt?
1: Uh, 5% of the time It's used It's used correctly The other 95% of the time You didn't have to do that
0: I need to tell myself
1: that Every inning (laughs) Dude like Here's my thing on bunting And we can get into another Larger discussion about it We can talk for five minutes If we want Because it's our show Um I, I don't, I'm not like captain never bunt guy. I'm not like one of those, you know, no, you only swing for home runs like every single pitch, blah, blah, blah. Like, I understand the nuance of the game, man. Like, I understand the, the nuance of, of like different guys in different spots and who handles the bat and what's the situation and et cetera, et cetera. So, no, I'm not anti bunt. You know, I, I think Matt will tell you that we sacrifice bunt maybe 10 times a year. At St. Mary's, ten or fifteen times, and, and um, it's an important thing. We work on it every day in BP. It's an important part of the rotation in BP. Uh, you know, placing bunts and, and dragging and pushing, and, and our uh, our other assistant coach Theo Piccarelli, does a does a fantastic job with that. Um, the small ball sort of game, and so like I'm I'm never the I don't want to be like viewed as one of these guys on Twitter who's like no never bunt like no team blah blah blah. However, however. I do believe that the majority of the time that the bunt is used, like, no, bro, don't. Like, why are why are we getting the first two guys on in the top of the first and bunting them over with the three-hitter? That's dumb. Like, there's no math where that makes sense. But, like, you go to a different situation where it's like, hey, you're, you're tied up in the bottom of the seventh inning and your nine-hitters up and the eight-hitter the eight hitter just walked and the nine-hitters up. Like, hell yeah, man, bump that guy over, absolutely. But, like, I, I just think it's uh, – I think our sport is rife with overcoaching, and I think that coaches who bunt a lot are guilty of that overcoaching. The players win the game, man. Like, not me, not you, not Matt, not Eric Backage at Michigan, not you know AJ Hinch with the Tigers like the players win the games so if we're putting the players in the best situation for them to succeed and that situation in that moment calls for the bunt then do it but I think we we force bunting on on a lot of situations because like that's what we think we're supposed to do and I'm just very very opposed to that mentality.
0: Yeah I think uh, it's really all situational case by case you know like you said if you're Especially if you're early in the game and you've got a three hitter up with with a guy on or two guys on or what have you, um, you know, you're, you're definitely or you you'd think you'd be more prone to letting that guy make the play rather than, like you said, forcing a bunt. Um, I like to bunt personally. Uh, I think it's a it's a good way to manufacture runs and all that. Like everybody else, I mean, everyone knows why we bunt. We don't just bunt for our health. I don't need to break down why it's important to bunt. I don't think. Uh, you know, however, I, I like to do it. Uh, obviously, I'm coaching. Um, 16 year olds. I'm coaching high schoolers, uh, you know, so it, it's a little bit different, I think. I think it's a big thing where if a guy's in a slump, um, you know, and he's got to run around and he just hasn't moved over runners recently, you know, confidence boost because of the energy that a, a successful bunt could bring. Um, you know, it, it does things. It's not, but like you said, you know, it's something where I think it's almost like eating. Yeah. You got to do it in moderation, you know. Uh, it's one of those things where it's got to be a calculated, balanced, Uh, Attack uh, doing too much of it like anything doing too much of um, typically isn't good Um, But I think you have to look at it from a situational standpoint for sure Um, You know if you're early in the game and and you're not playing a world beater I don't think it's something that is needed to be used unless like I said You've got a guy up there who you just simply can't trust to move that runner over Um, So it goes a lot of different ways Uh, I'm probably more of a fan of it than you are, but i'm also Uh, in the realm of opening and kind of evolving that thought into, um, you know, when can we do this, why should we do this more so than just doing it. I think when you're a young coach, you kind of just do things because you know, it's just, that's how you've traditionally seen the game, but uh, the more you grow into the game and evolve about the game and listen to people instead of, you know, trying to tell people what to listen to, you start to really ask yourself, why am I making this decision and and will it work? Um, Am I just Pushing my sign onto somebody here And, uh, you know, like you said Over coaching in a sense Maybe, maybe not Um, But I feel like as coaches When we start to really ask ourselves Why are we giving this sign And why are we giving this player Why, 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 what's the payoff What's the risk, what's the reward Blah, 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 all that um, You know, like anything Not just bunting As long as it's calculated um, And and you're looking at both sides of it It'll end up better off But bunting is bunting It's always going to be there Um, Hopefully like umpires Because, I keep hearing about this robotic stuff and everybody who hates one knee catching keeps telling me that it's going to be useless. So we'll see. We'll see
1: haters. (laughs) And like, man, like again, my perspective on a lot of stuff is, is um, evaluative based, you know, Uh, it's like, cause I'm wearing two hats, you know, like I, most of my time, most of my job, my, my profession is, is that of an evaluator It's that of a scout. So like bunting for me, it's like, you're not showing me anything. You know, like I, I, and so that's, that's cloud, that clouds my vision a little bit. And I, I admit that I'm guilty of that. But there's a lot of times, like I'm at a showcase or something, like, why are you bunting, bro? Like, I'm not going to write in your report, oh, good bunter. Like, that does nothing for me for, as a scout. Um, it's different with guys who drag bunt and push bunt and, and do it for the sake of getting a hit. And, and then you talk about their, how their speed plays in that sense and how it becomes a weapon for them. But like, I have never once, like, written a report and gotten to like the the hit tool or, or the power tool or the general offensive pro- profile segment of the report and like written positively because the dude got a sack bunt down like that's never been a thing nor will it ever it's just my philosophy but like that's different that's a different thing than like trying to win games so like I understand that I recognize that uh, that's sort of uh, uh, bias that I have in my brain for that, but with that being said, I still stand with my what I said earlier about how like there's p- places in time for it, but not nearly as many as as coaches seem to believe there are. Uh, I guess that that is my overarching philosophy on it. Overarching, I know how to talk. Do you? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Well, it was a fun episode. Uh,
0: I'm glad we got to go through some rapid fire, got to talk to some coaches. Um, you know, two extremely uh, good interviews today. I uh, got to dive into a little dialogue ourselves. Uh, for next week, you know what's going on. We will see you then. Michigan, have a wonderful week.